Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Chittletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining me today from across Los Angeles is Eric Pinkert. Eric is the co-founder and managing director of a company called Brand Culture, which focuses on building brands and corporate culture. He also has compliance experience. The two of us worked together many, many years ago at LRN. Uh, Eric, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. A delight to be with you, Adam. And a delight for me as well. So, Eric, let, let's get into the issue of culture. Are, are you finding employees are staying connected to company culture and values, or are they tending to spin a bit off into their own worlds now that they're working from home? Well, I think it, it depends. It's a case of the haves and the have-nots. And uh, we've seen a lot about the K-shaped recovery, where some organizations are crushing it and others are being completely crushed. And so, for the companies that are doing well, um, in many cases, the company culture and the values are uh, stronger than ever as they've uh, successfully adopted new ways and new methodologies uh, of working. But uh, when you think of organizations and industries like hospitality, airlines, cruise ships, uh, essential businesses, um, not only are they uniquely uh, impacted because they can't do their work remotely in many cases, but what their organizations are going to look like uh, when the recovery comes is still an open question. I uh, saw yesterday that American Airlines is uh, going to shed 19,000 people, and due to seniority rules, that means that virtually everyone that was hired in the last decade, including virtually all of their employees under uh, the age of 40, are gonna be laid off. And so with that type of profound disruption to the composition of workplaces, it's undoubtedly gonna impact the organizational culture and values. And there's gonna be a rebuilding period that's gonna be necessitated by this disruption. But for other organizations, even with the employees working from home, it, it's pretty much um, uh, values as usual. Well, uh, it's going to definitely be an interesting thing to see as it emerges over the next few years and also a challenge as organizations really try to reassert themselves as organizations. Now, what are some ways that uh, companies can make their values seem both real and present to employees who may not have set foot into the office for months? Yeah, and that that's really the... Um... Uh, the crux of the dilemma is that you've got people in organizations now that in many cases were hired remotely, have never been to the office, uh, have never met their colleagues in person. And so where do you forge that common ground? And uh, at Brand Culture, we have uh, a series of six levers that we use with organizations that include, and they, they start with communications, but they're not limited to communications. And many organizations do think of this in terms of communications alone. And so the, the five other tenets are leadership, one, uh, structure systems and processes, number two, the work from home environment in this case, three, symbolism, uh, four, uh, rewards and recognition, five, and then as I said, communications as well. And so, um, using um, the modeling uh, of leadership uh, and making cultural leadership a priority is something that uh, companies can do, signal both structurally in terms of the positions that they hire, as well as the budgetary resources that they um, devote to it. So um, uh, Warner Media Studios, for example, has a senior manager of culture and experience and a client of ours, a, a 
a company called Hi Marley, which is an insure tech company that provides text messaging for insurance companies, um, has created a, a leadership initiative uh, from the CEO that is extending their customer first culture into the remote work context called Wow From Home. So transforming work from home into Wow From Home. Um, there's also, uh, in terms of system structure and process, uh, there's, it's important to define and clarify what's changed and what hasn't, and to document these changes in repositories that employees can access, uh, and making um, extra sure to work through the potential pitfalls uh, where people should go if they have a uh, question about HR, about compliance, about all of the, the types of functional um, parameters that normally were quite easily taken care of in an office, which are, are more complicated from home. Then there's the, the environment, which uh, as I'm sure you undoubtedly know, varies considerably from employee to employee. And in my own environment, we've got leaf blower Tuesdays, which make it almost impossible <laughs> to do any uh, type of uh, communication from my house uh, without sneaking out to the garage. And so uh, you see companies um, trying to help employees outfit their work from home uh, workspaces uh, with uh, kits and, and other um, other tools to, to make it easier to work from home. And companies like Google are even giving employees a thousand bucks to to outfit their home offices in terms of uh, symbolism uh you know that in normal workplace environments you can have uh, physical icons like the table where the company founders worked at together um, and they have symbolic meaning meaning but um, with people uh, out in their own environments the symbolism needs to be not physically present but um, more ritualized. And so you, if, for example, a team always had a Tuesday or a Thursday lunch, gathering virtually or having a weekly happy hour is something that can symbolically help maintain the culture. And then in rewards and recognition, um, there's, uh, it's important to, to share successes as, as a team, with the team and beyond the team. And so you have uh, things like Slack and other online collaboration tools where employees can shout out a thank you and um, create to even a virtual rewards program uh, to uh, to keep those um, hallmarks of excellence uh, at the fore. It's interesting as you're talking about this to me that you know it's sort of an, uh, an interest uh, an interesting balance there between sort of embracing the reality of the new and, and really truly embracing it and figuring out how do you make the most of it and at the same time holding on to some traditional elements which really served as sort of the glue there and at the same time a lot of what you're talking about is very consistent with compliance program structures of looking for example at tone at the top and that it's just as important in this world as it was in the earlier world that we we're working in. Now, how should organizations approach culture and value communications? I wanna focus on that area for a bit. Should they stand alone or is it better to incorporate them into other communications or is it a mix of the two? Well, I am a firm advocate of it being a mix of the two, uh, doing both. I think that cultures and values should be inextricably interwoven uh, in routine communications but they deserve their own concerted effort as well, because 
they should be knit into the, the fabric, but they also should be called out. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, businesses need to check in with remote employees uh, frequently and formally and informally. And so uh, it's also uh, a key to make sure that folks don't feel that they're uh, disempowered by too much uh, oversight or, or nannying. So uh, setting uh, expectations and, um, and putting some rigor behind them. So uh, for example, on, on conference calls, if you expect everyone to have video on, then everyone should have video on and not be in their pajamas. Um, so, um, you know, having the, the values be a, a hallmark of the routine as well as called out uh, for special recognition. Uh, I think that you can never have, uh, never have enough of either. Well, for the record, I am sitting here fully dressed wearing a button down shirt. So I'm, I have a shirt with a collar as well. So uh... now one of the things that's been going on in compliance communications is there's been a shift over the last few years from sort of long form training to short form um, and trying to do things more frequently. Uh, what makes the most sense, do you think, in this era? Is periodic and long better or is it better to just go with frequent and short? Well, it, at the, the risk of uh, trying to, to split the baby, I think that you have to do both. And the reason for that is that you've got different generations in the workplace that consume and take in information in vastly different ways. So I take in uh, information in paragraphs and pages and um, uh, more is never enough for me. But if you look at younger generations that are uh, acclimated to 15 second TikTok videos, the tolerance and attention span for that type of long form communication is going to be attenuated at, at best. And so um, I think that you have to have to do all of the above. So whether it's a email or a social media or a short video or other digital digital communication, uh, webinars, um, uh, things that are short, succinct, respect the audience's time uh, and appreciate the, the stress and the different um, different demands that people have on their time. At the same time, I think that having the longer form uh, communications, even if they're only used uh, for reference when people have a particular question, helps reinforce the transparency and it helps people have a greater sense of comfort that they know actually what's going on in the uh, organization. And so we have a number of clients that make a point of every week sending out a, a CEO newsletter update, which is a more long form communication that um, just uh, you know updates the state of the business, reinforces uh, the purpose of the company, and um, also uh, you know points to the path to, to growth and, and recovery uh, once the situation uh, adopts a more normal operating environment. Well, I think all of that is probably good also for helping people feel a sense of control or that you know there's, they're on top of things, the organization's moving in the right direction, and no doubt helps a great deal with stress. And you know, values can often play the same role in an organization. It gives people a sense of stability of what the organization stands for or doesn't. You know, as we talked earlier, you mentioned some organizations are doing very well at this point. Others are doing not so well. Um, as they adjust, 
there may be a temptation to look at the values and think about changing them. Now, should companies be doing that in your opinion, or should they really stick to what their values were? Well, on the one hand, never let a good crisis go to waste, but um, it's certainly never a good idea to shift values cavalierly and, and hopefully a great deal of uh, thought and uh, concerted effort to, was made to winnow down the values. But changed circumstances can indeed create a shift in priorities and the events of the past spring uh, have certainly brought to the fore issues of diversi diversity, inclusion, uh, and opportunity for many organizations uh, and caused them to focus on these areas in a way that didn't exist uh, before the murder of George Floyd and the uh, unrest in the spring. And so uh, I think it is actually an opportunity now to make sure that the values are continued to be aligned with the priorities of the organization. And far too many companies just have core values that are inarguable, but they aren't in any way definitional of what the organization stands for. And I'm thinking of values like integrity, excellence, quality, respect, innovation, all inarguably great. And you'd be um, surprised at how many organizations have these as their core value, but um, they don't necessarily give a signal of what the organization actually does uniquely and what makes it uniquely different. And so I think that if this is an opportunity, given the um, incredible disruption that companies have experienced with the COVID crisis uh, and the ensuing um, events, that it's an opportunity to at least re-examine uh, what those values are and make sure that they're, they're still uh, aligned with the, what the organization exists to accomplish. It's certainly a time for a lot of re-examination that's going on both within organizations and I think people within their own lives as to what's truly important to them and what isn't. Well, Eric, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Schroeltaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <music>